What's going on everybody? Welcome back to the Graveyard. I am the Graveyard Gamer and thank you for joining me for another episode of Graveyard Gaming. Today's episode, we're going to talk about some of the funniest gaming moments I've had. I can't wait to talk about some of those moments. They're pretty good. And then I want to talk about Next Gen being here. As of today, Next Gen has arrived. The Xbox Series X and Series S has dropped out. Some people are actually playing it, enjoying it. Later this week, we're going to get the PlayStation 5. I want to talk about that. If you remember a couple months ago, I was very meh about Next Gen. But as we've started seeing things and we're getting here, I'm actually a bit more excited. Then we're going to talk about my graveyard shift. What's been going on? What have I been playing the last couple weeks? And finally, I'm actually going to do the trophy of the month this week. So guys, let's talk about some of those funniest gaming moments. So guys, I wanted to talk about some of these funniest gaming moments. And understand, some of these moments happen because the game is just, you know, is a funny part in the game. And some are kind of outside of gaming, but it still involved a game. For example, when I played through Until Dawn a few years ago for the first time, I got to this one part, and as you're creeping around, you keep seeing this ghost floating by, and you don't really know what's going on. But the game sets you up to walk into this room, and when it does, it hits you with a jump scare where that ghost just pops in your face and screams, right? Well, I made a video clip of it. A couple days later, my kids are kind of in the game room, and we're hanging out. Now, my oldest kid is about five years old at this point, maybe six. I can't remember. My, young, my middle kid at that time, she's only like three. Well, we're sitting there and watching. I'm like, hey, check this out. So I played that clip, and it starts off, you know, I've got a frame where the girl's walking and slowly opens the door, and as she opens the door, bam, there's the jump screen. My kid screamed so loud. Now, part of me felt really bad, guys. I'll be honest with you. I did. Like, I scared them. But part of me just could not stop laughing as their little faces, because I'm sure I told them, hey, watch what's in the background. It's going to make you laugh. And this ghost comes screaming into the screen. Like, I just couldn't help but laugh at that. But what about something that happened in a game? Well, this is almost by accident, but in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, one of the cool things about it is you can make Alexios or Cassandra however you want them to be. If you want them, if you want to play as the man or woman, that's your choice, Alexios, Cassandra. If you want them to be gay, straight, pansexual, or whatever you want them to be, you can. For me, I was playing as Alexios, and for the most part, I'm playing as a straight guy. That's who I am. This is my avatar. Let's go with it, right? You know, and it's kind of cool. You're sitting there, you're sailing around, you kind of feel like a Mythios, I believe is what they call them. And, you know, you just kind of feel cool hooking up with strange ladies here and there in the game. Well, there's one point you actually help out a husband and a wife. And I'm not going to lie. I was like, yo, I'm down with the wife. She's cool. We're going we're gonna to make this happen. But I had to help the husband out. And when I got done, I thought to finish this, the quest lineup, I had to follow him back to this island he told me to meet him at. Well, I follow him there. And once the conversation starts going, I start realizing, whoa. Whoa, wait a minute here now. I think this dude's got the wrong idea. This dude's flirting hard with me. But the problem is I'm locked into choices where all I can do is either like lightly flirt back with this dude or like heavily flirt back with this dude. And this whole time I'm like, wait a minute here. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not what this is about. Like, What's going on here, man? Where's my back out option? All I know is it ended with this dude like, follow me to my hut or to wherever he was going. And he starts walking up a mountain. Guys... I hightailed it back to my boat as quick as I could. I'm just like, no, 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 no. I got on my boat and I sailed right to where the wife was. And uh, I, I had a good night with her. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But there was another game. I've talked about South Park, the fractured butthole, several times in this in this podcast, especially recently. Because you don't get a lot of very, very funny games. 
this one cracked me up because there is a moment where of all people, of all villains, you have to fight Jared the Subway guy. And his special attack, if you've played it and you know what it is, it is hilarious. It just Let's just say it involves his foot-long sub and a bunch of mayonnaise and your character's face like i'll just put it to you like that you can fill in the dirty details but i just sat there like how are they doing this and understand i play games at like five in the morning and i'm trying so hard not to laugh too loud to wake up my family as they're still sleeping not only that this game has you fighting some priests and the way they use their special powers whoo and you have the main villains in the game who get their powers from sniffing cat anuses that's right they lift the cat tail up and take a big old whiff i'm telling you it, it's just a hilarious game. I can list so many things from that. But when Jared the Subway guy comes out, it's almost like, what did we do? What is going on here? One of my favorite parts of the Yakuza Kiwami 2 game is one of the sub-stories. And you know, sub-stories can be, they can be lighthearted. Some of them are actually meaningful. And they've got this like music to make you feel good in the background. And some of them are just wacky. By far the most wacky I have dealt with in... Yakuza Kiwami 2 was getting invited into this club and you go in there and there's different reasons why you go in this club but you turn the corner and it is from the patriarch of this Yakuza family so you know this crime boss essentially and all the people under him they're in this room and they are all dressed like babies they have bonnets on they have diapers on and pacifiers some of them are sitting there like they're six months old clapping and laughing and of course when you don't want to do it, all of a sudden, you about to get into a fight. And you start fighting like 10 to 15 grown men dressed like babies in diapers. And you even get this giant pole to fight them. And if you've got the ability, you can basically uh, ram it up the backside of one of the diapers and knock them flying. I'm telling you guys, it is absolutely hysterical. I couldn't believe it. It almost topped the one where in Yakuza Kiwami, if you've never played the first Yakuza uh, Kiwami game, you might be wondering why in Zero and a couple of the games they keep handing out pocket tissues. Well, there's a substory where you got to help a guy out in a bathroom because he needs pocket tissues. And the first thing he needs to pocket tissues for, yep, you can guess it. <laughs> and then it goes on from there. But some of those substories will just have you cracking up. But the, turning that corner and seeing a bunch of diapers or a bunch of guys in diapers and then having to fight them. Oh, my word. I was cracking up. It's too funny. And then, you know, when it comes to glitches in video games, sometimes glitches, you know, are just horrible. They just ruin the gameplay experience. And sometimes they just crack you up. For example, when I was first playing Batman Arkham Knight, I called the Batmobile to me. For whatever reason, it got stuck on, like, the corner of a building. And it backed up. And then it got stuck between, like, the back of a building and a fountain or something. There was more than enough room to, like, turn around it. But the game just kind of got in this sequence where all it could do was like go back and forth. And not just like slowly back and forth. I'm talking like really quickly back and forth. You're just sitting there going, what in the world? And then after about 45 seconds, the Batmobile finally broke free and then comes skidding right up to me. Which, by the way, I was only like 10 feet away. So why it got that fast, I don't know. But it comes skidding right up to me. And I'm just sitting there going, yo, Batman, you got to update that GPS or fix that glitch because... It was nuts. It's just one of those things that you're just sitting there laughing at, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? And then, of course, it wouldn't be a funniest moment if I didn't talk about a time me hulking Yoda from Lost at Sea Gaming here on Anchorage, or Anchor, excuse me, we were actually playing 
Far Cry. Now, I didn't really spend a lot of time in Far Cry, the actual base game. Most of my time was spent on the multiplayer, which is the only game I've ever done that for. One of the missions, we're sitting there, and it's one of those things where you got to go and steal something from another camp, like a capture the flag thing. We get the flag, if you will. We're running back, and we're going to get on some jet skis and get out of there. Guys, it is just like Raiders of the Lost Ark where Indiana Jones is running out at the beginning and all the tribe people are running after him. And he's like, get in the plane, get in the plane. Except for we're trying to get in the boat. And I just remember yelling at Bo as I'm trying to shoot the people that are just like charging him, man. Like a couple people just coming up out of the bushes behind him just shooting at him. Like, get in the boat, get in the boat. And I think we finally get in there and we go off. But guys, it is probably one of the best memories I have of multiplayer because the entire time this is going on, it's just so absurd. It's so crazy. It's so funny. Me and Hulking Yoda were just cracking up. And you know what? There's still tons of funny moments. And some of those things you just got to kind of play and live them out. But I would absolutely love to hear some funny things you guys had because sometimes, just like with Hulking Yoda in that Far Cry, Laughing about some of the things we do, it just can build that community of gamers. And that is what I'm all about, guys. Well, guys, as of today, November 10th, it is official. We are now in the next gen. The Xbox Series X's are rolling out there. The PS5 is dropping this week. And I know my two friends, you hear me talk about all the time. You got Hulking Yoda, who I mentioned earlier in the episode. And you got Mr. C from Gaming with Mr. C on YouTube, who's been on this show. They are both getting... One of each, an Xbox and a PlayStation. I can't be more excited for them. I was very meh about Next Gen a couple months ago, but as we got closer, we started seeing some more stuff, especially for me as a PlayStation guy, seeing that UI pop out, seeing some of those cool features, that, you know, the pins. And I'm a guy that loves when it, it keeps track of your gaming. So to see that that is going to be part of the actual system now, to also show, you know, your trophy progress and all these things, and then understand trophy progress you could see achievement progress on the Xbox. For it to finally come to PlayStation, I'm very excited for. For those different hints and those different things you can do, oh, I hope the developers take hold of those. I think it looks great. On the Xbox side of the house, uh, man, they've got a really great system with that Xbox. From the power behind it to its features. And I think Mr. C and me were talking. They did a great job. You know, They said with the Xbox One launch... They were trying to focus on that all-in-one box, but this one, they just made a solid gaming system. So I'm very excited for them. I think they're kind of have a lot of fun, uh, both of them, with both of those systems. Now me, just so you guys know, I typically don't adapt to the next gen until about a year out. So for me, I'm really not looking to move to a PS5 until probably Christmas of next year. It may switch and it may be an Xbox One X or Xbox Series X. I'm just willing to bet money. It's probably going to be a PlayStation 5 in a little over a year from now. But, like I said, I'm very excited for them. I'm going to tell you, I am so stoked for a few key features. I mentioned some of the stuff the PlayStation UI is going to do. But I think both of them offer something that I am so excited for. And that is that super quick loading. I mean, guys, the days of sitting there with Assassin's Creed Odyssey and letting it load for... Oh, I think Mr. C, he's going to do a video for that and... Man, the time he said to load it up for it, man, it was just insane. I think it was over two minutes, somewhere around in there. To get to this next gen to just know it's going to be almost lightning fast, quick loading. Oh, man. Because I'm an old school gamer. So I remember the days of Nintendo and Super Nintendo back before games got really as in-depth and as much technology was into them. Most games loaded up relatively quickly. A lot of those games back in the day, you didn't really have that much of a start screen. It was just start, one player, and go, you know? So for us to get and get back to that point where we're going to have to 
I'm not going to have to deal with that loading time and all that stuff. Man, I'm excited for that. I really am. But I got to tell you, the biggest thing I'm excited for, and I hope you guys understand when I say this, is the cat and mouse game is finally over. I mean, like, that was the most annoying pre-launch ever. Like, I think both Microsoft and Sony were like, you go. No, you go. No, you go. Me and Mr. C were actually talking about this, and I think we both agree that had either Sony or Xbox came out and said, hey, due to the global pandemic, we're actually not going to release games until more than likely spring of 2021, I think the other one would have jumped on there as well. I think that when they released it, uh, the information, you know, I mean, almost a year ago now, with the Game Awards for the Xbox Series X, and then obviously when we get into like April, May, we start seeing more PlayStation, more Xbox stuff. I think had they known what the pandemic was going to do, I don't think they would have released them. I think it was kind of like, I think that's a big reason why, in all honesty, why the PlayStation is releasing without some of the features. You know, Quick Resume, which... The more I thought about it, the more I don't remember them mentioning Quick Resume between games. I could be wrong about that. And the fact that you can't use an external hard drive, I think those are those are things that you're going to see eventually uh, be patched in. But I think it was just the fact that they were trying to get these systems out when they're supposed to. But dealing with that pandemic, I think, really affected them. I think it's very telling as well that a lot of the big launch titles aren't launching with the systems i mean halo we know that for xbox is pushed back ratchet and clank which looks phenomenal and you guys know after my review having recently played the 2016 game i'm super stoked for that game but we don't have a release date for that and i personally thought that game showed off a lot of cool playstation features when it showed just the instantaneous loading between the different planets and that they were uh, jumping through and then on top of that i also think that uh, oh, yeah, Gran Turismo. That's another game right off the bat that's uh, coming out on PlayStation like at launch. So it's kind of one of those things that just makes me go, you know, I think that both systems probably would have benefited from waiting to the spring. And I think it would have helped out getting those. Like, I think both would have had massive launches with just even more of those exclusive games. So, uh, but you know what? Hey, I'm still happy they're releasing. I'm happy these systems getting into the world. Gamers are getting ready to play them. And I think that's awesome. But I do have to say, it recently came out that Sony actually thought about, as you've noticed, a lot of the Sony games are hitting at $70. Right off the gate, $70. Bucks. L- let me tell you how I feel about this. I'm a little bit more thrifty. I don't buy a lot of games day one. I do, you know, I will admit that. But I have to say that when it first mentioned 70 I was like, okay. You know, Hulk and Yoda and Mr. C, they were both like, dude, you gotta think. It's been two generations, man. They've gotta increase and make that profit. I began to become okay with it. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not just saying, hey, take more of my money, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, but I got to say, I do wish that they would have kind of made it, I think this would have been fair. Most games, 60 bucks, but your top of the line games, your Grand Theft Autos, your Assassin's Creed, even your Call of Duties, these games that are massive, massive games that people are going to get, you know, potentially hundreds of hours out of, absolutely charge more for those 70. But that $60 range can still be good for those games that are just not quite up to there or even games that are smaller like the resident evil 2 remake and resident evil 3 and man eater uh for everything to go to 70 i hope it doesn't make some games get lost in the weeds but it actually did come out recently that sony was eyeing even more of a price increase up to you know i i don't know what the price would be but i imagine if it was more than 70 you're talking 75 80 85 i'm not gonna lie to you guys i'm just gonna be real with you if that would have been the case I probably would have had to think long and hard about what I'm doing next gen because it would have either meant that 
hey, I'm just going to have to step back and just be the guy that adopts really late so that there's a lot of games, you know, at a reduced price. Think about going PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now and getting most of my gaming in that way or switching over to Xbox completely and just saying, you know what, uh, I'm just going to game pass it and, and focus on that because for me personally, I, I think that would have been a major mistake uh, for PlayStation. I think 70 bucks is is a fair increase. People can expect it. I think gamers haven't really kind of revolted against it. Any more than that, I think, would have been a little bit more of a of a tipping point, man. But either way, Next Gen is here, guys. I want to know what you guys think. Do check out Lost at Sea Gaming here on Anchor. Do check out Gaming with Mr. C on YouTube because those are going to be the spots to check out their first impressions, some of the games they play. As I said, Mr. C is working on some really cool videos showing you the loading between, you know, the Xbox One X. So not even, you know, a base model Xbox, but an Xbox One X. So you're going to get like what the top of the line is right now in gaming or top of the line as of yesterday in gaming. And then you're going to get that Xbox Series X. So he's going to show you that time difference. I know... Hulking Yoda is going to be doing a lot of his first impressions as well throughout the week. So guys, Next Gen is here. Super exciting moment. It's going to be a little bit of a wait, but I can't wait to get there with you. Well guys, what have I been playing on the Graveyard Shift? Well, you know what? It started off a couple weeks ago. I went back to Ghost of Shishima. And I got to tell you, I really had planned on trying to get to that first island in the next couple weeks. But guys, I had to pull the plug. I made it right at about 10 hours. And the game just never grabbed me. To me, I hate to say it this way, but I was just bored playing the game. And I know that's kind of insulting. And I know some people might be like, what? This game is awesome. And look, I can see fundamentally the gameplay is great. The combat is great. The game looks really good. But it was the mission structure that really got me. Everything involved traveling somewhere, the start of mission, just to travel with that person somewhere else. I know that's how they were delivering a lot of the dialogue. And I understand that. But to me... It just made the actual playing the game really dull until you got into fights. Now, I did have a really cool mission where you meet up with somebody, you got to sneak into this encampment, take a bunch of people out, then you sneak on some boats. I thought that was awesome. But then it was like, okay, cool, let me just keep going with the main missions. And the next main mission was like a stealth one that I just didn't think was fun at all. And then I tried to do side stuff, and I didn't think that was fun at all. And it just, overall, I just felt very dull and bored playing it. Hulking Yoda has got a glowing review for the game. I definitely uh, recommend you guys checking that out on his channel here on Anchor, Lost at Sea Gaming, like I've mentioned many times during this episode. But I told him, I was like, look, maybe when it's on a deep sale instead of a rental, I'll come back and check it out. And, you know, hey, I'll try it from there. But I got to admit, I'll be honest with you, the longer I get away from playing it, now over a week, the more I'm kind of like, you know what? Maybe that's just not a game for me. I don't feel that connection to go back to it. So other than that, what have I been doing? Well, I spent a little bit of time this morning actually playing Infamous Second Son. I haven't played that game in three years. And honestly, I was just kind of looking at it and I was kind of deciding, hmm, you know what? If I just played the Evil Karma playthrough on, you know, the hard difficulty, I can get a platinum. There's a few miscellaneous trophies I got to get. And that's what I focus on this morning. I jumped on there. There was just a couple I had to get. And man, I was blown away. One, the game looks fantastic. Even to this day, it still looks fantastic. It controls awesome. And I immediately was like, yep, I could definitely see spending some more time in this game. Now, granted, it could just be like Grand Theft Auto V where I want to get 100% in the game, 
but wanting and accomplishing might be two different things. I also re-downloaded Sleeping Dogs recently, and I kind of hope to play through that some more, but I'm hoping to start Assassin's Creed Valhalla very soon. So, might have to push my replay of Infamous, my Grand Theft Auto 100%, and Sleeping Dogs, and Assassin's Creed 3, and Batman Arkham Knight, just further on down the line for right now. But what did I spend the big majority of the last week or so playing? Guys, I finally did it. I put the review out for Until Dawn last week. You can actually go on Gaming with Mr. C. He put that review out with some awesome gameplay clips as part of his Indie Tuesday series. I actually decided to replay it. I've been talking about it for three and a half years. I did it. I replayed it. And I loved it just as much as I loved the first time. Guys, I'm telling you right now, you can check the review out for all my more in-detail thoughts. But... The game still holds up. If you've never played it, please play it, especially if you like Little Hope, and especially if you like Man of Medan. Please check out Until Dawn. Simply fantastic. But Until Dawn is actually going to bring me to my trophy of the month because I did it. I accomplished what I wanted to. I got the trophy. They all live in Until Dawn. See, in Until Dawn, the first time I played through it, only four of my people survived. And then the next time I kind of loaded up some levels... I got everybody killed. My whole goal for this replay was to keep everybody alive. And let me tell you, some of those choices you got to make in the game are tough. Do you run? Do you hide? Do you save this person? Do you leave them? Oh, man, there can be some really tough decisions. But this time, and understand, three and a half years, I didn't remember the first playthroughs that well. So I was really hoping not to make some of those mistakes to get people killed. And sometimes you got to do some things you think are not the right choice, but they really are. I did it. I got They All Live. That is my trophy of the month because it is three and a half years in the making. Well, guys, that's the show for the day. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a good chuckle at some of the things that I thought was funny. And I hope maybe some of those things made you go, you know what? Maybe I should try that game and see if it's funny as well. Also, Next Gen is here again, guys. If you got one coming, if you're going to be jumping in anytime soon, Congratulations. I hope you enjoy it. Please let me know your thoughts. I can't wait to hear about that stuff. And the graveyard shift. I tried a few things out. Unfortunately, ghosts just didn't work out for me. But man, I did it. Until dawn, they all live. Until next time, guys, you can always catch me at the Graveyard Gamer at Gmail, the Graveyard Gamer on Instagram, and the Graveyard G on Twitter. But until next time we talk, I'll be creeping around the graveyard.